Are you ready for it? Welcome to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. For us three Swifties, this is our holy ground. Every episode will consist of us breaking down a Taylor Swift song based on her lyrics when she wrote the song, our own connections to the song, and of course, throwing out different theories based on our girl's love of a good Easter egg. Come back, be here every Sunday for a new episode. Welcome back to another episode. We are so excited you're here to discuss Red Taylor's version, the title song from Red Taylor's version, the album. So let's jump on in. I think this is a very popular song for a lot of people who love Red. Is it all too well popular? No, but this song is, it's a banger. A lot of people, I feel like resonate with it. And she has a tour video out from the original tour for this song. So what are our thoughts? Who wants to go first? Cody, or Cardi C, you've been jumping at the bit. Say it. If we ever lost this song, it would be blue like I've never known. Um, It would be a dark gray all alone. Um, Just, I mean, I love this song to death. Not just because I um, made a reel that got shared on Taylor Nation featuring this song, but you know, that's not a big deal. Shameless Um, plug. Shameless plug. Over Um, 200,000 views on that reel, by the way. No, it's, um, I just, I really think that this is such a magnificent piece of work that Taylor Swift put and, and you know how it starts out with, is it a banjo? I'm going to say it's a banjo. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, every time that starts off, I get chills. Cause I'm like, this is it. This is the moment where I'm allowed to like break free and let my freak frat freak freak flag fly. <laughs> Do you see how words are hard for me, Meredith? Do you understand that words are difficult? You know what? When we talk about Taylor Swift, I feel like it is just natural that we get tongue tied because there's just so much goodness. Yes. And I feel like she'd be really spot on with your alliteration of freak flag fly. Thank you. Because she, as an English teacher, this song, I, I know of several English teachers that I've t- taught with. Surprisingly, I was not one of them. Um, I think just because I've taught other Taylor Swift songs, but this one they've used to teach literary elements. It has a lot of them. Yeah. And it is just now that every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a really good metaphor. There's really good alliteration. There's really good, like all of these things and the way her mind works. Right. Like we'll just start with the opening. Loving him was like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street faster than the wind, passionate ascent ending so suddenly. Honestly, homegirl could have just said it started real quick and ended just as quick. But, but she takes two beautiful lyrics to compare it to driving the world's fastest car. I looked it up. Maseratis are an Italian car and it's known as the world's fastest cars or one of the world's fastest cars. Um, down a dead end street. Like why the heck would you drive one of the world's fastest cars down a dead end street? She would like to probably know the same. And that's why she, <laughs> there. 
Like this is like the best romance, but it's going so fast and just hitting a dead end. And I just think it's, it's beautiful. The imagery alone, Mm -hmm. like I can't ever listen to that lyric without immediately thinking about a cul-de-sac and just slamming on the brakes and being like, what the hell do I do now? See, it's funny funny that you say cul-de-sac because mine is always like a cliff. Like they're like, it's, it's dead end and they're trying to hit on the brakes, but they just can't because they don't want it to stop. So they just go flying off the cliff. Like every time that's how my, my brain goes. And because in, in my head, it always starts off with um, the cars driving super fast and then it jumps off a cliff. And then I always think that this would be a be- beautiful music video. The car is like f- falling off the cliff. And then right before like it crashes on the ground, because that's how the song ends, right? Mm-hmm. His love was like, and then it finally crashes, right um, circling back to the very beginning of the song of how we got here in the first place. Yeah, some Thelma and Louise shit. deep. (laughs) I have a theory about this though, because I also, when I think of this lyric in my mind, I see them driving up a windy kind of like mountainside like road and an ending. And my theory as to why that is, it's also nighttime every time, is because of treacherous. Oh. Because the lyrics and treacherous are like nothing safe is worth the drive. She talks about two headlights, and we can dive more into that in the next episode. But I think that's why I at least have the imagery of driving up like a dark mountainside, and then the path just kind of ends, not necessarily goes off a cliff, but that is very poetic. Oh, I love that we all have such different visuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like who would have ever thought if, so here's the thing. If you have a different visual than what we have, let us know. Cause now I'm curious because I always, I was like the cul-de-sac makes perfect sense. Christina, yours makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to re-listen to this song and just think of all the ways that <laughs> they're going to wreck this <laughs> nice, this nice car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> 20 stitches in a hospital room. <laughs> Are we out of the woods yet? Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <sighs> oh, gosh. Okay. But yeah, I I mean, great. Just, just a fantastic song. And I, I agree with you all completely. Just the imagery alone, like obviously we've proven that you can imagine this song three different ways in your mm-hmm. head. So who knows what else is out there? Um, and I just, I, I think that's one of the best parts about being a Taylor Swift fan is that sometimes the songs that don't get a music video, you kind of are allowed to form your own music video in your head because of all the imagery that's associated with the song of in itself. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy she didn't redo any music videos or really put out music videos for a lot of these songs, mainly because she did the all too well short film, which was long enough for like four music videos. So 
I don't know if I could sit through a red music video with my emotions after watching all too well short film, but I do. I like that. There's so much imagery that you kind of get to mull through it on your own, including like the verse two, where it talks about uh, memorizing him was as easy as knowing all the words to your old favorite song. And just kind of was like, yeah, we all have that favorite song that we know all the words to. And I never thought of like memorizing somebody when you're in a relationship as being similar to that, where they just, it becomes second nature. And it can transport you. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's what's so significant is, and I know we've talked about this off the podcast where this album particularly, like it transports me to being a teenager and getting my heart broken, even though this album came out six years after that heartbreak, even now, almost 15 years later, it can still transport me to that moment. And it is, it is, I always just feel like I just keep saying mind boggling, but it's just so powerful that she has the ability to do that. And then add in the fact that she adds in these, this vibrancy of color like just the amount of colors that she draws on, like we, we, you know, re- reference color all the time, but for some reason in this song and in actually a lot of the songs on this album, like state of grace, I just feel like the colors just pop at you so much more. Yeah. You know, I, cause we talked about state of grace and how Christina, you said that you wish it could be like a trendy song, like a trick talk. A- mm-hmm. It's TikTok. really hard to say TikTok trend. It really is hard to say. <laughs> um. Anyways, I just kind of thought, what if like people were allowed to make a TikTok trend of red Taylor's version where like they basically point out an X or like mm. several X's where like Ooh. it was blue, like, a, like who is him. blue yeah. to you? Who is dark gray to you? Who is red to you? And if it's, it can be all the same, you know, but like, I, I, I just thought about, I don't know. That's where my brain goes sometimes when I'm recording a podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I think again, it's, it's relevant because all of her lyrics, again, even though she doesn't give us music videos for everyone, like they just create such an imagery that mm-hmm. in your head, you immediately go to that visual. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for that trend here for it. I also love though, revisiting this song after we have, um, after we've gone through lover and she talks about how she used to believe that love was a burning red, but it's actually golden. golden. And I just love being able to now for people who weren't fans of Taylor Swift, never listened to red until Taylor's version came out are able to now make those kind of connections to lover. Cause all of us, like the, the fans that have been in it for a long time were like, oh, dang, that's so deep because we knew that this song existed. But for the new fans, I hope that they're putting the pieces together. But also just like the the maturity and the growth. Like, I think that that is, and, and I think this happened when Reputation came out and being at that concert, I was like, holy shit. Like she has developed so much as an artist and just her voice and everything. And so- yeah, now being able to put it into context between where she was as a 22-year-old or, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-old writing this album, Red, Red, and then Lover, and then re-releasing Red, you just like see such a growth and a development and you realize that 
or at least I'm realizing that you can still have all of those phases of love and they serve you. They serve a purpose for you at every stage of that, of your life. That's deep. Well, and it's, it's Christina, it's like, you've talked about, I think we've all three talked about this before off the podcast of like how we have different soulmates throughout our life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, I would argue that not every soulmate in your life is necessarily a romantic soulmate, but it can also be a friend soulmate. It can be a partner soulmate. It can be many different other things. So that's, I, and I think it's also safe for us to say, maybe when we look at somebody, I have to think about what I'm about to say, because if I, if it comes out wrong, it's going to be bad. It's permanent. (laughs) Permanent. When you look at somebody and you kind of see their aura, if you will, like for me, Christina, you've always been kind of like a shiny yellow for me. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, Meredith, we don't know each other that well, but you, but right now I'll tell you like off the bat, it's been a very light blue for me, like a friendly blue, like I'm here to, for peace and comfort, if that makes sense. Um, oh, honor. Thank you. No. And so that's when I listen to red, I always think, you know, whoever the song is truly about, was that just the color that she, the aura that she saw in them? Mm. And that's where she was like, yeah, love is red. And then she met Joe and it became golden. You know, do you, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just, Ills. I just pulled up aura color charts because of course you did. I've done, <laughs> I've done research into this before because I'm fascinated by it. But for the color red, it is, it means energy, strength, anger, sexuality, passion, fear, and ego. And honestly, thinking about this album as a whole and not just the song, I think all of those fit into this color, this energy. Um, Yeah. So for blue... It's spiritual, loyal, creative, sensitive, kind, and moody. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) And yellow is optimistic, happy, intellectual, friendly, indecisive, and easily led. Maybe not easily led, but. uh... Yeah, the last thing I was going to say, I've never (laughs) known you to be easily led whatsoever. You've always been very like gung-ho, like, nope, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, all right, friend. (laughs) You're, you're easily led. Cardi C is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. I Cody, just... we're going to go pick up rocks. Okay. <laughs> Let's go oh. pick up rocks. <laughs> another so story for another time. <laughs> but um, did anyone catch the, in watching All Too Well, the short film, the reference to this song? Because, you know, she drops Easter eggs and references old things. But I feel like this is a pop quiz and I'm failing. Yeah. <laughs> I watch I was a lot gonna... of Instagram stuff too. So it's not like these are all my own personal thoughts. It's just things I've seen. What were you going to say? I was going to say, are you Sadie Sink's hair? Or is that what we're talking about? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's more of like an orange. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the lyric. Fighting with him was like trying to solve a crossword and realizing there's no right answer. Oh. oh, and then in the bed. And then they're laying in the bed doing crossword puzzles. Yep. Oh, her mind. Genius. Genius. Spectacular. Well, even, and I think we talked about this, even the blue light from the refrigerator yes. and the golden light through the window as they're dancing. Like a little nod to both the red era, but also lover. Yeah. Ugh. 
so many things. She's so good. Can't wait to break down that film. We might we might just need to do an all too well, well the film and an all too well the songs. <laughs> You got to throw in the sad girl fall version oh somewhere in the mix of that as well. It is a sad girl Oof. autumn version. Okay. She uh, oh, is sorry. fully British now. Okay. <laughs> she is in that culture. Well, um, I think that this has been a really great podcast episode, but I need to know everyone's ratings before we officially end it. Starting with Miss Christina. I give this a 13 out of 13. And wow. It's just, it's so well written. Um, it As we talked, it brings up imagery in so many different forms for everyone. And I'm sad this wasn't given more attention as like an actual single. So 13 out of 13 for me. 13 out of 13, 100%. I just feel like it doesn't matter what mental state you're in, this comes on and you're just, you're just ready to go. Well, I'm going to also have to give it a 13 out of 13 because it's, I agree with you all. The imagery of this song is so beautifully written and so beautifully put that you can't help but listen to the song and instantly think of either someone or something that just really makes you feel that way. And last thought, um, I watched a reel that talked, like this was way back when Red, the stolen version first came out. <laughs> I love that. That's what we call it. Um, and she gave an interview about like how red can be mean multiple different things. Um, it can mean love. It can mean anger. So it's on totally different sides of the spectrum. Um, also fun fact, if you wear red to a job interview, you're statistically more likely to get that job because it shows that you're determined. So that's your Shut fun up. fact. Of the yeah. Yeah. So anytime you go to a job interview, wear something with red because it shows that you're passionate and it shows that you're determined to get that job. Note to self. And on that note, I think our next episode is going to be very treacherous. This episode was sparkling. Don't you let it go. We are just as excited to meet and connect with you as you are to meet and connect with the one and only Taylor Swift herself. So go follow us on Instagram at EnchantedPod and tell us your theories, favorite songs, and so much more. See you there.